0: The standard is all A's and an occasional B. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, even when the performance falls short of the expectation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, don't thank God for what you have. Thank God for what you're expecting. Amen. Present your request to God. The Bible says, in the peace of God, which transcends those who have King James, is which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So, no matter what happens, we are not going to lose our minds. We're going someplace. We're on our way to a better place, a better community, a better position, a better environment. We're on our way there. Today, keeping with the theme of an excellent education, I want to talk about praying for the proper perspective. Praying for the proper perspective. James said, you have not because you ask not. And many times when you do ask, you don't receive because you don't ask in the correct way. And so, what he's teaching us is is, is, it is possible to pray incorrectly. Prayer is always good. I I think incorrect prayer is better than no prayer. But if you want to be effective, just just like incorrect exercise is better than no exercise, but you get maximum benefit out of it when you do it correctly. Somebody say amen. Amen. We want to talk about an excellent education and what are the things we need to be praying about in order for God to fully engage with us, for we are laborers together with God. Amen? It's not just us, it's not just God, but we are working together with him. Praying for the proper perspective. From December 1955 to April 1968, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was engaged in an unimaginable struggle against principalities and powers that were intentionally preventing free citizens from entering the doors of education. As much as I love America, the grim reality is that poor people have always been hoodwinked into fighting each other, while Dr. King taught us to fight for each other. There is a memorial statue Uh, that was scheduled to be dedicated to Dr. King's honor today in the city of Washington, D.C. But Sister Irene poured cold water on the celebration. But I'm here to say today that it does not matter what Sister Irene or what anybody else does for that matter, we still honor the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., we honor his life because we know that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. valued education. Dr. King never formally graduated from high school. He skipped both the ninth and the twelfth grades and he enrolled in Morehouse College at 15 years of age. He earned his bachelor's degree in sociology in 1951 and he earned his bachelor's in divinity, excuse me, 1948, he earned his bachelor's from Morehouse in 1951, his bachelor's from Crozer Theological, and in 1955, his Ph.D. from Boston University in systematic theology. His God-given abilities combined with the power of the Holy Spirit. Nobody does great things without the power of the Holy Spirit. His God-given abilities combined with the power of the Holy Spirit and the sharpening of his skills in quality educational experiences prepared him to make a significant contribution to the world. And I want you to know today, I stopped by to tell you that God has called all of us to make a contribution to this world. And we must acquire as much education as we can and, as, and encourage as many people as we can to do the same. Now, I love sports, perhaps too much, but I would exchange five NFL stars for five teachers. I would exchange five NBA stars for five doctors. I would exchange five track and field stars for five pharmacists. Why? Because an educated community excels. Some other places I to got somebody say amen. Every mother and father with children who have high athletic abilities must demand of their children and require their children to make a promise that they will complete their education. In order to succeed, in order to succeed and to accomplish what we need to accomplish over the next 100 years, because what we need to accomplish as a people will not happen overnight. It will not happen in the next decade. It will not happen in the next 30 years. It's going to take some time. But in order to, ex- to achieve it, we're going to need to pray. I do not recommend, my brothers and sisters, exchanging God for good grade. In other words, even if we graduate magnum cum laude or summa cum laude or as some of us are so familiar with, thank you, laude. Yeah, we graduate, th- if we graduate, thank you, laude. Um, we still need the grace of God. It does not matter how high you graduate, where you are placed in your academic class. We still need the grace and the power of God. We are not talking about exchanging intelligence for God because there are some things about God that just don't make sense. But if God says it doesn't have to add up, am I right about him? Yeah, you may only have two fish and five loaves of bread, but if you put it in Jesus' hands, I know it doesn't add up. If you put it in Jesus' hands, he'll feed the 5,000 and the multitude, and you will even have something left over. Can somebody say Amen. Yes, yes, you may graduate cum laude or summa cum laude. Barack Obama, President Barack Obama graduated graduated magnum cum laude from Harvard Law School. And more of us, somebody say more of us, more of us need to take aim at that target from the beginning. In other words, there should be students sitting in our audience today who are saying to themselves, I want to graduate at the top of my class. Allow me to quote a Facebook posting from this past week from Kendall Ellis, who's one of our Hydro students. She also is the reigning 400-meter uh, champion in the female division of the 4A classification of track and field, the highest classification in, in uh, Florida sports. She's a the, the freshman, and she is currently the reigning 400-meter champion. I want to I want to yeah, yeah give give God thanks and praise. I I want to quote a posting on her Facebook page from Thursday, August 25th, 2011. She said she wrote, "No distractions. Two goals: straight A's and Sonya Richards' record." Sonya Richards currently holds the record at our school. And, and and then and then and then and then she closed the post with this not settling for less. <laughs> Facebook is all right if you use it right. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the idea. This is the idea. This is what she's saying. I know my purpose in context. I may not be clear about why I'm on the earth. But I do know why I am in this school. While I'm in this school, I have a purpose. As there are around this earth 101 million children who do not have access to a school, who do not have access to a classroom, who cannot go to school. She understands that she's in a privileged position. And she understands that I may not understand why I'm on earth. I may not be clear about that, but I know why I'm in this school. I'm in this school. God has allowed me access to the school, and I'm here to achieve nothing more and nothing less. I'm here to excel, to advance, and to collect all A's and an occasional B. And what I like about Kendall's post is that we have set the standard in our ministry of what our expectation is of our children. We're expecting all A's and what else? But what she's done is raised the standard to all A's. You see, because you ought not let anybody have a higher expectation of you than you have of yourself. So she set the standard high. And she's saying, I understand what God is calling me to do in this situation. You see, my brothers and sisters, we cannot take God out of the picture. We're not saying be smart and be godless. Amen. We're saying be smart, be smart and be filled with the Holy Spirit, too. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. She's saying, I need God because I don't know. This is why you need God, because you don't know what's coming around the corner. Can I get some help? You You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what kind of sickness is going to be diagnosed in your life or somebody else. You don't know who's going to be who is very dear to you and who's going to die this year. You don't know what teacher is not going to be on his or her game this semester. You don't know what haters are going to surface in the crowd and try to derail you and hurt you. You don't know what personal character flaw is going to come out of your life in this year. But you do know that if God is on my side greater is he that is within me. So I can do my part. I can study. I can read. I can go to class. But I need God's help. And the best way I know to get God's help is to pray. Let's talk about some things we need to pray about. First, pray for the proper attitude. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Jesus' greatness did not begin with his gifts, but it began with his attitude. Always remember, all my students in the house, all of my students who are still in school, always remember this. No one can make you learn. We have to want to learn. It starts with our attitude. Our students need to be eager to learn because eagerness is an attitude. Our students need focus on the big picture. And acquiring, listen, my students, listen, acquiring an education will help you buy the car you want to ride in. It will help you buy the house you want to live in. It will help you give a larger tithe. I got a big amen there. Come on. Yeah, you ought to get tired of giving a little tithe. You ought to want to give a bigger tithe. And getting a more education will help you give a bigger tithe. It will help you travel the world, and it will allow you to see things that you've only seen pictures of. And it will also allow you to serve God, not necessarily better, but it will help you serve God differently. Yeah, and so I want to say this to our students. This is what we need to pray about. Here's the prayer point here. If a subject is not particularly interesting, our students need enough interest to excel. An uninteresting subject cannot be enough reason not to knock the ball out of the park. Secondly, we need to pray for the proper influence. First Corinthians chapter fifteen verse thirty three says this: Do not be misled. Do not get it twisted. Bad company corrupts good character. Ah, somebody, somebody ought to say amen in here now. It said, "Don't get it twisted. Don't fool yourself." It says, "Bad company." Corrupts good character. Let me, let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. The right person can never help the wrong person. Students need to be surrounded by the right people. Students need appropriate peers. I want to say to my parents in here today that you need to ask questions about every student, every kid that is in your child's sphere of influence. Don't you be so liberal as to allow anybody to hang around your children. There has to be a line drawn in the sand. You cannot hang with him, and you cannot go out with her. You may not understand it now, but you will thank me for it later. And even if you don't thank me, I'll thank myself. Uh, You cannot hang around some people. In other words, hold your guns, hold your position. Don't get all upset with them getting mad and all that kind of stuff. Folk can get mad when they don't pay for nothing, you see. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead and be mad. But hold your position because influence matters. Students need parents who have a vision. Somebody say vision. And a value system that they are trying to pass on to their children. Students need friends who will not hinder their academic, moral, and spiritual development. Athletes need coaches who will not compromise tough academic standards for touchdowns and tackles and baskets and championships. I don't know what the Asian community is doing to produce such high academic achievers, but I know they're all doing it. And all of us, somebody say all of us, all of us, irrespective of our personal academic achievement levels, need to sing the same song regarding the place of academic excellence in our community. What am I trying to say? My mother graduated from, a, from, from high school. But the high school that she graduated from was a school where you have several students in the same Several students of the same grade in the same class. In other words, probably you would not want your kid to go to that school. And I used to think when I was a kid, when I was going to school, I used to think my mother was basically a genius. I used to think she knew everything that we were studying in school. We'd come home have, talking about Balboa and uh, uh, Pizarro and... Uh, Columbus. And I would talk to my mother about that. She'd just talk about him too. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what Bizarro did. That's what he did. Yeah, yeah. Ferdinand Magellan, yeah, he was the first. Yeah, you say he went around the world. That's what he did. He, he went around the world. He went around the world. That's what he did. Sail from Europe. And, I, and, and you know what? But, but what I came to understand when I became an adult and I began to check my mama, I realized that my mother didn't know everything I thought she knew. When we would turn up, we'd come in, we'd have to do homework. And my mother would check the homework and without knowing whether or not the homework that she was checking was right. But she made me think that she knew what that homework was all about. And I'll tell you what she would do. She would go over and look at it. Yeah, that looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. She said, tell you what, I want you, I want you to review this because all these are not right. You go review this, check it up, and bring this back to me. My mother knew, my mother knew that she didn't know everything that was going on in the school. She knew that she didn't have the highest academic achievements. But what she would not allow is for us to become comfortable with where she was. She had a vision. (laughs) Does not matter what I have achieved. I am pushing values and I'm pushing vision into the future. And so, my brothers and sisters, what I'm saying is that we have to have vision that we hand down. Now, let me say this. We need also, as we talk about college, we need to consider HBCUs. We need to consider the historically black colleges and universities. Because the historically black colleges and universities are the only Colleges and universities that have never had a debate about whether or not you could be admitted or not. Y'all not feeling me, but I know I'm right. They've never had to call a conference, never had to call a meeting as to whether or not you should be admitted to this school. And the HBCUs have graduated more distinguished professionals than all the other colleges and universities combined. Teachers, doctors, lawyers included. We cannot afford to allow the importance of the HBCU to become diminished. So I say to parents, require your child to submit at least one application, at least one application to at least one HBCU. Amen. And we can start. With Florida Memorial right down the street, which is a rising star. I'm telling you, it's a rising star in the academic arena. Third, pray for the proper environment. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now the Bereans were more noble character than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day. Somebody say every day. Has to be some habits in our lives that we're going to advance. They examine every day to see if what Paul said was so. In other words, there was something different happening in Berea than was happening in Thessalonica. The environment was different. We need to pray for the proper environment. To convert water to ice, environment matters. To convert ignorance to intelligence, environment matters. To convert poverty to wealth, environment matters. To convert fat to muscle, you can't stay at the kitchen table. You got to get to another, I wish I had some help. To raise a community from the most diseased, the most incarcerated, the most dropouts, the most homicides, to a place of health and righteousness, it will take the right environmental factors in order to create that there are two types of environments there are internal environments and there are external environments my position is this we cannot always control what is in the external environments I would not always be able to have a direct influence on the quality of the school or the choice of the teachers But I can have some decision on two things. I can have some choice on what goes on in my spirit and in my heart. And I have some choice of what goes on at my house and in my home. I wish I had somebody to say amen. In other words, the internal environment is superior to the external environments. That's why John said greater is he that is in me on the inside than he that is in the world on the outside. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, my brothers and sisters, that a superior home will have great influence, greater influence than an inferior school. Many students have had to go to inferior schools, but they had a superior, I wish I had somebody, a superior home. A superior spirit, superior character will have greater influence on the environmental obstacles that all of us are bound to face. So I challenge you to prioritize the inner environment versus the outer environment. You may not be able to get the kind of carpet you want in your house. You may not be able to get the pictures you want. You may not be able to change furniture as much as you want, but make your house a living environment. Can I get some help in here? Make your house a loving environment. Make your house a place that your family loves to come to. Even if you have to sacrifice paint on the wall or the right kind of crown molding, make sure it is a godly environment. Yes. Four, pray for the proper vision. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, come on now, the people perish. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 says this, write down the vision. Write the revelation down. Write what God shows you, what God places on your heart, what God impresses upon your spirit. Write it down. Don't just talk about it. Don't just meditate on it. Write it down. Write it and make it plain so that those who read it will either run with you or run away from you. That's what what Kendall did. Two goals, she said. All A's, Sonia Richards' record. Not settling for less. It's plain, it's clear. She knows what the target is and everybody around her knows. You see, you you don't need to be the only person that knows what you're about. Somebody else, you see, if people don't know what you're about, you're a candidate to join any kind of foolishness, nut case organization and people but when folk know that you stand for something when folk know that you're heading somewhere those who are not going will not invite you write the vision we need to pray God give us vision and then we need to pray for the proper motivation proper motivation the proper motivation. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says this. Seek first. Somebody say first. Not a good grade, not honor roll. Uh, I, I, yeah, Not magna cum laude, not the top of my class. Seek first. Somebody say first. Seek first. You got to know what motivates you to do what you do seek first the kingdom of God because you see if God allows me to climb another rung up the ladder and I become a little more visible a little more recognized a little more influential I am in a position uh, then to do more for God seek first The kingdom of God, come on now, and his righteousness. In other words, I don't want to get high and then forget about how to do the right thing. And God will let me get higher. I want to be more committed to doing what is right in his sight. Seek first. Somebody say first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the Bible says everything else will be added to us. In other words, we've got to change what our motivation is to go to school. We're not going to school just to get a good job good job won't necessarily change the trajectory of your family. A A good job won't necessarily help you deal with all the pathologies in your community. Let me tell you, we got good jobs already. We need more than good jobs. We need the power of the kingdom of God to be present in our homes and in our lives. The reason I'm going to school and trying to advance myself is because there's a calling on my life. God has picked me out, and I'm seeking his Kingdom first. We need more than good jobs. Our goal is a life that pleases God. And so, we want to hear at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we want to hear Jesus say, not good job, but well done. Well done. You did a great job. You, you did well in the context of what I exposed you to. You did well, good and faithful servant. A few years ago, on the same day, two prominent human beings who made a tremendous impact on this world—Princess Diana, Mother Teresa—died within hours of each other. Princess Diana was known for her high-profile marriage to the Prince of England, Wales, Charles. She's known for fashion, known for her charity work. On the other hand, Mother Teresa, they didn't show a funeral, I don't think, on CNN. But what a life she lived. We didn't need to see a funeral because the work she did spoke for her. Yeah, one day Mother Teresa was being honored there in Calcutta for the tremendous work that she'd done amongst the sick and the dying and the poor she was making her way towards the reception area towards the great um, event that was honoring her she stopped on her way to serve and to minister to the sick and the dying and consequently she got there late got there late and so when she got there they told us, Mother Teresa we've been waiting on you, we've been waiting on you where were you? She said well you guys are here to study about the sick and to study about the dying and the disease I've been called to serve the dying, and the disease. And so those who you are studying are right outside of this building looking for somebody who will not just write a paper about them, but who will pour their lives into them. And so the guy was so impressed by her words. He said, well, Mother Teresa, you are deserving of this honor. And the guy said, honestly, I could not do what you do. Even if they paid me a million dollars a year, I could not do it. She said, well, neither could I. I could not do this for a million dollars a year, but I can do it for the love of Jesus Christ in other words what she was saying in other words in other words there is with all of the intelli- intelligence that you happen to amass to the sharpening of your intellectual skills to the, the, the ladders that you climb there is something in this life that is more than money I know there's something more than money when I go in the classroom and I see teachers who will come there day after day and pour their lives into students who could give care less there's something more than money when parents when parents will sacrifice what they don't have in order for their kids to have hope i know there's something more than money in other words we got to live our lives for something bigger than that which only blesses us we want to live our lives for the kingdom of god the thing is about serving in the kingdom. It's the best place to serve because those with a PhD can serve right alongside with the person that didn't get nothing but D's and they both can make a tremendous impact. I wish I had, yeah, those who have straight A's. They uh, can serve right alongside of those who only have an A-list with the AT&T. That's the most A they ever had. You see, that's the thing about the kingdom. When we are serving in the kingdom of God, God gets the best out of all of us. So, I want to pause because we're going to continue to... Trumpet this message, the expectation in our community, all A's, and an occasional B. But we cannot do this on our own. We need God. It's too difficult. Sometimes it's too discouraging. So first, I want to extend an invitation. If you're here, you don't know Jesus or you don't have a church home. I want to extend an invitation for you to come to be a part of our church. If you're here, you don't have a church family. You don't have a church home. You're not a part of a church. You're not a part of a family of God. You're not a Christian. I want to invite you to come and give your life to Christ. If you're here. If you're here. If you're here today. If there's somebody here. You don't have a church home. You don't have a church family. I want to invite you to come if you're here, if you're here, if you're here. I don't want you to try to be great on your own. You can be great, but you're going to need God's help and God's power. And he'll make you great. Am I right about that? He'll make your life great. He'll take a life that started nowhere, and he'll take you places you've never dreamed of. If you're here today, if you're here, if you're here.